0: everybody welcome back welcome back to the surely you can't be serious podcast we are here in a biker bar um enjoying a little pool and a little beer there's a naked man here (laughs) (laughs) i need your clothes your boots and your motorcycle you forgot to say please Welcome back, everybody. This is the second part of our Terminator versus Terminator 2 podcast. Be sure and check out last week's episode where we talked about the origin story on both of these and the casting. And now we're ready to jump into the movies and the production themselves. Yes. One of the things I want to talk about before we get too far down the line, Mm -hmm. they brought Linda
1: Hamilton back for Terminator 2. Yes. Let's talk about Linda's body. She did a little bit of running and a little bit of weightlifting, I believe. My goodness. It it was the talk of the entertainment world at that time. She transformed herself from puny little wiener, little Sarah Connor from 1984. Right. Into hardened, butt-kicking
0: Sarah Connor from 1991. Yep. She apparently was training with Robert De Niro. Cape Fear, right? Came out in 91 as well. He looked like a- He got ripped up too. That's right. Poop house as well. Yeah. Apparently she lost 12 pounds Uh and just
1: muscled up. You can tell as she's running down the hallway and in the fight scenes, Yeah, she
0: is athletic and fast and fit and tough and- I mean, imagine her from Terminator 1 dressed in the military fatigues that she puts on in Terminator. She would have looked completely wrong. Mm -hmm. She would have looked like a marshmallow inside of a bulletproof vest. It doesn't make any sense. She made herself look like a hardened, tough, I've spent my entire life training for the days that are to come.
1: Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Dr. Silberman. How's the knee? Those pull-ups that she did in her room, that's really her. Yep. Out there, just shredding it. And actually, Arnold himself said, "I'm really impressed with how Linda has trained her body and gotten fit." They wanted her to cut her hair. That's right. She actually held her ground on that. They really wanted her to cut her hair, kind of short, military esque.
0: Yeah, she's gonna be Vasquez from Aliens.
1: That's right. And she's like, "I want to keep it long. I want to hold on to that femininity just mm-hmm. a little bit."
0: Yeah, it worked. It worked. It would. I yeah. I don't think I would have liked the. I I liked the haircut on Vasquez. I don't think I would have liked it on her. Yeah,
1: but I mean. And once again, James Cameron demonstrating how to have a female tough
0: protagonist, Yep. Vasquez, Ripley, and now Sarah Connor. All right. So let's jump back to Terminator and talk about the making of. Okay. This is James Cameron's first movie. I'll say it again. This is James Cameron's first movie. He had done Exogenesis, which was a 20-minute thing that he did with his high school buddies on a no budget. I mean, go check it out. It's awesome, but it's not a movie. And then he had Piranha 2, which he got fired from. He didn't direct it. He wanted his name taken off of it because he didn't direct it. Right. Now he's the guy in charge of what is becoming a truly large-budget Amazing movie.
1: Well, it's one of the most iconic movies of the '80s. But
0: and it's it's not a huge budget. The budget of the original Terminator six point four million dollars. That's not very much money. No, it's. I not. mean, when we're talking about Hollywood money, that I mean, remember that five years before this, Tom Skerritt had heard about that number and he was like, "Sounds like an Ed Wood movie." Yeah. Right. But this is what Roger Corman says about James Cameron because he, they were talking to him about Titanic and the fact that, you know, this was the most expensive movie of all time. And Roger Corman had said previously, like, you should never have to spend that much money in a movie. But when they talked to him about James Cameron, he goes, The difference with James Cameron is you can see all of those dollar bills on the screen. You don't see something that's wasted. He takes every dollar and makes it look like 10.
1: That's exactly right. This is the same guy. Who painted Big Mac styrofoam containers and put them on the wall for Galaxy of Terror?
0: Yeah, this is what he did. Like Roger Corman came in, he's like, it doesn't really have any dimension on this wall. I feel like it needs more depth and more variation. And Jim Cameron's like, I'll see what I can do, sir. Roger Corman leaves, comes back the next morning. Jim has got the wall completely covered with boxes that he bought from a grocery store, Mm -hmm. dials that he picked up at a hardware store. And he's like, Jim, this is amazing. How much did it cost? He's like, $12. <laughs> that's great. He knows how to stretch the dollar and make it work. And that's exactly what he's doing on this movie.
1: By the way, let's let's just go ahead and get this on the table right now. Yeah. Terminator's budget, $6.4 million. Yeah. Okay. You compare that to Terminator 2, yeah. $102 million. That's a little bit of a jump. That's a jump, right? Yeah. But Terminator made over $78 million yeah. on a $6 million budget. Yep. Okay terminator 2 520 million dollars wow so took relatively modest budgets yeah t2s is exorbitant but he made five times as much
0: right so impressive hits yes before we get going i just want to point something out we have been talking to each other now for a couple of years face to face and one of the reasons that i can do that is because you don't have nose hair (laughs) have you been talking to people and like you can't even concentrate on what they're saying because of their nose hair absolutely they like talk to you they dangle (laughs) it dangles yes it wiggles it's it's a total distraction absolutely and so let me let me say if you are one of those guys we have a product that is supporting the podcast that you need to check out it's called the weed whacker and it is from manscaped It is an amazing product. It trims your nose hair. It's not embarrassing. You just stick it up there. It takes care of it. You're not going to look at people and bother them. Right. And I'm one of those guys who's self-conscious about my nose hair. So somebody that you're going to see me and I'm going to be like yanking them out and wincing in pain. (laughs) Don't do that. There is a special thing that they make. And they've also just released, in addition to the Weed Whacker, they have just released something called the Lawn Mower. If you have other areas of your body that you're looking to trim up and i'd like to point out that a giraffe is easier to see in the plains than it is in the forest oh that's that's wonderful yes yes it is so and it's very it's very good around sensitive areas if you know what i'm saying yeah they have also an entire shave kit called the ultra smooth package package <laughs> You get the idea. So, who it, doesn't want their package ultra smooth? Right, right. So, don't forget to go to manscaped.com and use the promo code fansided20 to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Whack it. <laughs> Perfect. So Los Angeles, colon, 2029. Yeah. Which in 1984 seemed like a long ways away. And right now it's eight years away. Do we have any laser guns right now? Um, no, but we do have AI. Yeah. We've got AI that I've seen Elon Musk go. And I tried to tell him that. They needed to be careful about this, but they just wouldn't listen. I'm like, holy crap, dude. Whoa. The good news is we haven't had the nuclear holocaust back in 1997. Skynet has not become self-aware just yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, that's cool.
1: I've got some behind the scenes stuff I want to talk about from the movie Terminator. Let's go. Okay. So we talked about how sometimes they had filmmaking permits and sometimes they didn't. Right. They filmed most of this movie at night. Yeah. So it messed with the the cast's sleeping schedule and stuff yep so it was kind of a tense thing but people come up to michael bean and they're like oh man so you're on the terminator he's like yeah i was in the terminator they're like what's it like working with arnold he's like i don't know i never worked with him <laughs> wow. they were they're in one shot together yeah that's in the tech noir Okay. Okay. So the Terminator comes, puts the laser right on Sarah Connor's forehead yeah. and Reese makes his move and shoots him actually in the arm, which yeah. if you watch carefully, I didn't really pick up on this, that shotgun blast to his arm, it damages his arm. And that's why he has to go fix it later. Yeah. But they never interacted. They never spoke on screen. And Arnold made it a point not to hang out with Lynn Hamilton and Michael Bean. He didn't want to be friendly with him. Right? right. I'm the Terminator. I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. They shared one Seen together, and you think about it. When Michael Bean gets killed later on in the movie, yeah, it's not Arnold. It's that. It's the endoskeleton.
0: Yeah, that's right. Wow, never worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Crazy. Okay, most iconic line. We've probably said it five times already. We most need to iconic talk about line. It, yeah, you. Would, what is it? Say it. I'll be back. Right. So Arnold Schwarzenegger did not want to say that line that <laughs> way right he didn't want to do it and he's he comes and i mean you got to think about this you've got the first time director he's stressed out they've gone through quite a bit of production at this point he and arnold got along great they've read motorcycles together they got along really well except for this moment where arnold comes to him and says i don't like this line it doesn't make any sense it should be i will be back i think he's got a good point but James Cameron was steadfast. He's like, really, at this point, you're rewriting my script for me, you're the actor, I'm the scriptwriter. just say it the way that I wrote it. So Arnold is still giving him, he's like, my accent is all, 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 all. He recognized himself that he couldn't enunciate that word the appropriate way, and so James Cameron's like, we will film it six different ways and pick the best one. I'll be back. And it becomes the most iconic line in the whole movie. According to
1: AFI, yes. the
0: American Film Institute,
1: I'll be back is the number 37th greatest line in movie history.
0: Wow. Pulled that right out of your head. Did I, you? did. I did. <laughs> I did. I wrote that down. It's, it's interesting because if you just think about, it, like if you just looked at that on the written page, it's a throwaway line, right? Right. I'll be back. That's I'll not, back. that's not a big important line, but because it's followed up, like because the audience is in on the fact that this guy is a Terminator and he's doing whatever he wants to, to, to reach his target, you know, something's about to happen. And my gosh, they give us the dessert before the meal. <laughs> they have him drive that car right through freaking front. Door. So
1: cool. So cool. And that assault on the police station yeah. is amazing. Because the police are no match for this guy. And Reese had just told them what was going to happen. Yeah. He's like, You don't get it. He'll wade through you, reach down her throat, and pull out her
0: effing heart. He'll find her. That's what he does. That's all he does. You can't stop him. Yeah. It's the, it, it is something that you've seen time and again where someone who, genuinely has gone through a miraculous or scientifically implausible thing. I mean, look, think about back to the future and they're talking about the re their reality. And to everyone else, they seem crazy, crazy. Right. But it's, there's a cut scene. You know about this? There's a cut scene during that shootout where that police chief realizes that reese had been telling the truth that like this is really happening and he's the one that gives reese the gun so that reese can fight back really yeah oh that's amazing i wish we'd have seen that yeah okay
1: so here's the deal i got a stat for you, you ready for this yeah, yeah. the terminator yeah. in part one the t800 the original yes he kills 27 people <laughs> okay okay stay with me now yeah he kills the punker at the beginning where he actually does reach inside his body, pulls out his heart. Yeah. He kills the gun store owner, our buddy from Gremlins. Yep. He kills two Sarah Connors. Yeah. Sarah Connor. Yeah. He kills Matt and Ginger. Yep. He kills three people in Tech Noir, the club. Yes. With the newsie. Yes. 17 police officers, which we find out in Terminator 2.
0: Right. And then Sarah's mother. Oh, that's right. The destroyed house when she's called and he's imitating her voice. Yep.
1: I mean, we didn't see that, but we got to assume.
0: Yeah. You know, the subject
1: is typically terminated.
0: Yes. You know, right.
1: 27 people killed by the Terminator. You know how many people he kills in the second one?
0: Zero. 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 Because that was the promise, right? Yeah.
1: Now the T-1000 kills the police officer at the beginning. He kills Janelle and Todd. He kills Max the dog, which is a cutscene. I don't know if you know about this.
0: Oh, it's tragic.
1: Did you see that?
0: Yeah. No, he, I did not. He
1: kills the dog, the family dog. He murders the dog. Speaking
0: of dogs, <laughs> during the production of Terminator, one of the studio guys comes in and says, "Hey, you know what? I don't think that Reese is very sympathetic. I think he would be. It would be better if he had a dog." And so they were supposed to, like, he's like, he suggested him having a Terminator dog. What? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so uh, James Cameron was like, uh, that's a great idea. I'll see if I can work that yeah. in.
1: <laughs> Super idea. I think I'll put it in. Maybe, maybe never. <laughs> so listen to this. When you talk about changing the script. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is such typical suit behavior, right? These guys Daly and another guy named Mike Medavoy. Uh who had recommended Arnold Schwarzenegger to Cameron come to him and say, we want the movie Terminator to die after the tanker explosion. Like Reese slides that pipe bomb in there. It blows up. We want the Terminator to die because it's going to be pretty expensive from that point on. So that's the, no, no, yeah, so so no resurrection of the endoskeleton, no awesome chase of the robot, right? No hydraulic press, <laughs> none of that. No death of Reese. All of that was going to be cut. So the suits come to Jim Cameron and they say, hey, we want you to cut that scene from the tanker explosion on. Yes. And Jim Cameron is like, F you, the movie is not over yet. Right. That's really similar to what happened in Terminator 2. They wanted to cut that biker scene at the beginning. Oh, okay. What? what? The introduction of the Terminator, right? And all this stuff, the really cool fight the pool cue and all that stuff. And so they went to Arnold and they said, listen, Jim's not going to like this, but we want to cut that opening scene. Uh We already know who the Terminator is. We don't need to refine out that information. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger said, that's only something a suit would say.
0: I'm not going to say
1: that to Jim. We'll film that scene. (laughs) And both times the
0: studio backed down. Nice. Well, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. What are you going to do? Right. So- Before they got the news that they had to postpone making Terminator 1, because Dino De Laurentiis had said, we're making Conan Part 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger had been training with guns. He had been been training every day for a month to prepare, and he would practice taking them apart and putting them back together to the point that he could do it blindfolded like a machine. Yep, Perfect. And he does such a good job that Soldier of Fortune magazine, who usually makes fun of people, actors in the way that they handle guns, actually complimented him and said he he looked like he really knew what he was doing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Here's
1: something I found interesting. During the production of Conan the Destroyer, they interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger about his upcoming stuff. Right. Uh huh. And he referred to the Terminator as some <laughs> movie I'm doing. It's going to take a few weeks. He wasn't a big believer in the project, which is crazy. Yeah. And however, he has since recanted that and said, it was wrong of me to judge the movie before. I was fully involved. And James Cameron created a fantastic character. And while I was hesitant, I now know the Terminator is a defining work in my career. Okay. Let's talk time travel for a second. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. Here's the thing that is so cool about Terminator and so difficult to understand. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. The rules of time travel. Okay.
0: All right. So here are the rules. Wait a minute. Are they the rules from Back to the Future or from <laughs> Bill and Ted or from Avengers Endgame? Okay. And I know there's
1: tons of stuff on the internet about this. We could talk all day about this, but here's here's the gist. Okay. Uh-huh. Sarah Connor, as she's going through her life, boom, her life is invaded by this game. And Kyle Reese and the Terminator have been sent from the future. One sent to kill her, one sent to protect her. She has a romantic moment with her protector. Kyle Reese yep. becomes pregnant yep. with her son yep. who becomes John Connor. Right. And so you have this little interesting time loop Yes, where John Connor sends his friend, Kyle Reese, back to protect his mother. His dad, Kyle Reese, back. His dad, who's also his, his yes. friend. Yeah. Right. Hey, go back and nail my mom <laughs> so I can exist. But how would he exist to do that? If he hadn't done that in the first place. And it's all of the timeline. Okay. Yeah. And then also yeah. the events of Terminator, including the hand that is reaching for Sarah Connor's throat. Yeah. And the chip in his head. Yeah. That sets off a chain of events that takes Miles Dyson down where he can then build something like reverse engineer in order to create Cyberdyne, which then leads to Skynet, which then leads to the Terminators.
0: Yeah. It's, I don't know. I I don't try to explain it. I just enjoy it, man. Okay. Since time travel is not an actual thing right now that we know of, who's to say? Here's the other thing I want to talk about. Okay. I
1: I got a couple of buddies, Jeff Bowles and Roman Goat, and we've talked about this many times. Okay. Kyle Reese, when he's at the police department, he's very clear. We both went back in time. And once we did that, they smashed the grid. Right. We had one. Uh-huh. He makes the whole case that it's just him and me. Right. There's no going home and there's nobody else coming through to help. Right. OK. Yeah. Well, that's a great plot for part one. What happens in part two? Well, he was wrong. I guess he was wrong.
0: <laughs> he was wrong. I mean, well, how does he know he left?
1: Well, I guess so. Yeah. And I think Terminator Genesis addresses that. Uh huh. Like he went through and something else happened that he didn't know about, but still, this is why part three sucks so bad is because <laughs> it, the premise of part three is nothing. None of those events matters. Judgment day happens anyway, Uh-huh. which is that's complete bullcrap.
0: That's the whole <laughs> thing that Terminator two wrapped up for us. Why didn't you like Terminator dark fate? Oh, don't even get me started.
1: I <laughs> killed John Connor in the first five minutes.
0: Spoiler alert. Spoiler right, alert. Yeah, alert. we we'll us cut that movie. out. Yeah. Okay. So beginning of the movie, still early in the movie, right? Yeah. There's a message that. Like Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor gets a message on her machine that the guy's breaking her date. By the way, side note, side note, they have a lizard. That's the most random Pugsley. Pugsley the lizard. Pugsley <laughs> from the Adams family. Pugsley the lizard doesn't show up again. It's not a plot device. It's not really cute and cuddly. To, what? Why? Why do they have why do they have the lizard? Good question. Okay. No so, idea. So anyway, while she's she's decided to stay home with Pugsley because her date has been broken, right? Voice on the answering machine, leaving her the message, James Cameron. All right. That's cool. Nice.
1: All right. August 29th, 1997 is Judgment Day. Okay. That's the day that Skynet becomes self-aware uh-huh. and launches his attack on the Russians, who uh-huh. the Russians then fire back at the U.S. And we have massive nuclear holocaust. Right? Yes. Right. This is the date we are trying to avoid. Sarah makes the case that anybody not wearing 2 million sunblock is going to have a really bad day. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know what happened August 29th, 1997? Like in reality? In reality. No. Netflix is launched. Oh,
0: so Netflix is AI. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, so you remember speaking of Fright Night versus Lost Boys, you remember that both of those movies had an interesting story where the guys went out and make up into the regular world. Yeah, it's kind of freaked. Same thing happened in this movie. Arnold goes out to get a bite at a restaurant and forgets that he's got half of his face missing. Freaks (laughs) out. Everybody has like the missing eye and the exposed jawbone and the burned flesh. And everybody at the restaurant doesn't want to eat anymore. That's great. Okay, so just again to kind of separate what's going on plot-wise from reality, while Terminator 1 is going on, James Cameron is falling in love. Yeah, he is. With his producer. Anne Hurd. Yep. Yeah. They get married. And then, of course, they're divorced by the time that T2 rolls around. And then during T2, he falls in love again. With Miss Linda Hamilton. Yes. Well, she has been working out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love those biceps of yours. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of little tidbits I want to throw out here real quick. Okay. From Terminator, there's a really cool scene where Arnold jumps through fire onto the hood of the car and punches out the windshield. Yep. In that scene, he actually burns his hair off. So Uh his hairstyle changes Yep. and his eyebrows get burned off. He actually insured his eyebrows with Lloyd's of London (laughs) in case they didn't grow back.
0: Nice. (laughs) This is why he wears sunglasses, by the way, because why would a, a robot need sunglasses He doesn't have real flesh eyes, right? Right. Plus he has to go back to the apartment and take out one of his eyes. Yeah. That that also needs to be covered up.
1: You know, one of the things we didn't really talk about, do you remember watching these movies in the theater or at home or anything like that?
0: So truthfully, because Terminator, I mean, it came out in 84. So I was eight years old. I didn't sneak into it. Like I snuck into risky business vacation and trading places. And so I didn't get to see Terminator for a long time by the time. T2 came out, I didn't really care because I wasn't a Terminator guy. So it was years after these movies came out before I finally rented them and watched them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I discovered Terminator on HBO Okay. like a year after it had come out and okay. was totally blown away. I watched this and I thought, man, this is really cool. I actually read the novelization. Oh, wow. I mean, I was, I was into it. So when T2 comes out in 91, we go opening night. So it is important
0: for our fans to know that you are a James Cameron freak. I Yes, I am. I'm a super freak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I am. You are a James Cameron super freak. Yes. We started hanging out roughly 2009. I started trying to get in shape. We started running. If you want to hear our preview episode, that's (laughs) how like, that's how this podcast came to be was our runs. And that was 2009. And there was a movie that came out in 2009 called Avatar. Yeah. And that was the first movie you and I ever saw. That's right. It was. That's right. And we walked into that movie and it was Full, like the entire theater was full. We had gotten the 3D movie thinking, okay, 3D won't be as many people. Oh my gosh, completely full, except for like a few seats on the very front row. And so you and I watched Avatar 3D glasses, having to look from right to left just to get the full picture. In, That's right. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I love Avatar, Great I think movie. it's an incredible movie. Yeah. Now,
1: Here's the other thing. So when I say I'm a James Cameron super freak, I, I love all of his stuff. Yeah. Okay? And I take a lot of crap for this. All right. So yes. I love Terminator. I love Terminator 2. I love Aliens. I love True Lies. I love The Abyss. And yes, I love Titanic. It is a master at work. I unapologetically freaking love <laughs> the movie
0: Titanic. Okay. i just got to say this and I, I may have mentioned before, maybe I haven't. And I'm sure when we cover Titanic, which I know that we will, we'll probably do Forrest Gump versus Titanic at some point in the future. Okay. I've been in two fights in my life. <laughs> one of them was as a teenager with my dad, which everybody goes through. Right. Right. And then the other one was in the movie theater when I was watching the movie Titanic. Oh, all right. So- For the second time. I had seen it and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty darn good. And so I brought my girlfriend with me to watch it the second time. And then these guys come in and start causing trouble at the end of the movie. They're like yelling and being rude. And everybody's yelling back at them, finally yelling at them to get out. And they start to leave the theater. And I think I'm going to say this and just be kind of cool. I'm like, I think I should go make sure that they actually get out of here without getting somebody in a fight and expecting my girlfriend to go, no, no, it'll be okay. But she's like, Yeah, I think you should. Go beat him up, D. Okay, great. (laughs) And so I go, I'm at the top of the stairs. They're walking down the stairs. Everything looks like it's going to be fine until some guy in the middle row takes his giant big gulp (laughs) size drink and chunks it at these guys. It smashes against the wall, splashes all over them. They, of course, immediately turn around, head up the stairs and who's waiting waiting for them except Mr. I've never been in a real fight in my life. (laughs) But I didn't, I couldn't let them know that. They're like, Did you do that? And I was like, No, I didn't, but you're not gonna find out who did. And the fight was on. It lasted <laughs> for about 15 seconds. <laughs> Rolled down the stairs, wrestling with each other, pulled out into the hallway. Wow. The police were there, and they let me go back and I got to finish the second time of fight Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, man? <laughs> that is a cool story there you go okay so let's jump from production on terminator one and let's go over to t2 so massive iconic scene is the riverbed chase whatever the yeah the, that's awesome right and you pointed this out to me and i was watching with caleb because he's my guy to watch movies with right right so we're watching this together and i'm, I'm listening and I'm like you hear it it's guns and roses because caleb knows rock right yeah he knows guns and roses he's like oh okay and i'm I even pointed out again i'm like oh there it is again this is you could be mine by guns N' roses again he's like okay dad I got it <laughs> and I'm like are you watching are you watching and Arnold Schwarzenegger has the box of roses yeah and then it bursts open and it is a gun and I'm like you see that you see that he's like yeah yeah I'm like it was a gun in roses <laughs> and he's like oh yeah, I yes. love it yeah that is actually a really cool nod to Guns N' Roses. So, that gun then comes into play during that big chase sequence, right? Where they right. drive it. And he's that's can you imagine how difficult that was to do? The driving the motorcycle through the gates, shooting the gun, and he has to do it like a robot. He like bruised up his hands, tore the skin off his hands, hit Edward Furlong in the head a few times <laughs> with the gun, almost knocked him out once. Right and it was all perfectly edited together so it looked like a genuine terminator robot driving a motorcycle chasing a semi and a little kid on a turbine. that scene is so incredible I, i i didn't get to go check this out but i seem to remember that when i watched it the first time that i was like okay i can see the stuntman's face like i recognized the stuntman as not arnold schwarzenegger when i watched it this time I think they've CGI'd it more. I think that it, because it looks like Arnold, it does not look like somebody else anymore in any parts of that.
1: You know, one of the cool shots, you mentioned that scene, that super cool scene. They had the motorcycle and it's where Arnold has to jump the motorcycle from up one level to down one level. And it was going to be about 900 pounds of force if it just natural gravity happened, right? And it would destroy the bike. And so obviously they didn't want to do that. But the suspension wires, Jim Cameron kind of rigged this up. When you look at it, you're like, man, that landed with some impact. So those wires held the weight a little bit, but not entirely. Right. So when he lands, he like he has a good jolt, you know, and you think, well, that
0: looks really real.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's not some crappy CGI shot. It's an actual motorcycle landing on actual pavement.
0: Yeah, and speaking about having to make changes on the fly... The semi-truck, <laughs> it wasn't until they got it down in the little riverbed area that they realized it was too tall to go <laughs> under the overpass. Well. And so James Cameron's like, well, let's just drive it through and cut off the top. Take the roof off. And what an incredible scene comes about from that. And that's the fire scene where the liquid metal Terminator
1: comes out. And that's really the time as the audience feel like, well, this thing's really indestructible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's a, a funny story that I found. The motorcycle biker bar at the beginning of the movie, right? You have the introduction of the Arnold character, and he walks into the biker bar, and he's totally nude. Yeah. And I want your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle,
0: right? I just love that the girls are all just, like, shocked and then interested. <laughs> <laughs> Hello so. You. Oh, my God. Hello. Hey, what's up?
1: <laughs> In order to be funny, yeah. Arnold wore these incredibly obnoxious swimsuit Boxers, shorts. Yeah. 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 And everybody's like, huh, those are funny. Those are funny looking shorts. Yeah. But apparently they have all these lights and all these trucks and all these movie cameras and everything. Uh-huh. They said one woman wandered off the street, <laughs> wandered into the bar and looked around and was like, well, What's going on here? And Arnold said, it's male stripper night.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that biker bar is actually a biker bar or was. Yeah. It's a library now, right? It's a library now. And it was located right across the street from where Rodney King got his.
0: Oh yeah. They were beating from the cops. Yeah. Filming on the night that it happened. What? Like, yes. They were filming on the night that that happened. Get out. I don't know if it was the exact same time, but I mean, they were filming at the same time that the Rodney King incident happened right across the
1: street. Wow. Wow One little tidbit for you When they showed this movie To Spanish speaking countries Yes The Hasta La Vista baby line Yes Is changed to Sayonara baby (laughs) Which I sent this video to you I sent sent a video to you Uh I believe This is unverified Uh But the Hasta La Vista baby line Comes from a Jody Watley song From 1987 Called Looking for a New Love Uh, that song was very popular And she says it many times in the song Let's listen
0: Yeah, but later Dickwad And if someone gets upset, say chill out Or you can do combinations Chill out, Dickwad <laughs> <laughs> No problemo No problemo
1: Okay, let's talk about the deleted scenes really quick Okay. Okay. Like aliens, there are some deleted scenes that are really cool. We already talked, I think, in our last episode about where the T 1000 actually kills the dog, the family dog. Right. That was cut out. Yeah. But there's a really interesting scene when they hole up in that gas station. Uh John says, does your computer chip allow you to learn so you can emulate human behavior better? And the Terminator says, basically, I have a chip, but you have to reprogram it in order for that to happen. And so in order to do that, they have to take a party's head and they have to remove this tube. And it's a really cool scene. Uh So they have this practical effect where you have a false Arnold torso. Across from real Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's supposed to be a mirror, but there's actually there's no glass in between them. Right, and then you have Linda Hamilton working on the dummy, who's across from Linda Hamilton's twin sister Leslie. Yeah, so it's this really cool scene. They cut it out, and you know they easily explain it by saying, "Well, the Terminator just learns." Right, but it's a really cool scene because when they remove the chip, Sarah wants to destroy the chip, Mm -hmm. and we don't need this protector. We're better on our own. And that's when John actually leads in such a way to say, no, we are taking this guy and he is going to help us. Right. Pretty cool scene.
0: Yeah.
1: And then at the end of the movie, the T-1000, after he gets in the liquid nitrogen blown up, he reforms, but he starts to glitch. Mm
0: -hmm. So his
1: hand starts to not work properly and his feet start to meld to the to the to the
0: grading a little bit more sure. right yeah and her twin sister comes up in that last scene as well that's whenever right. whenever the t1000 is pretending to be sarah connor and then the real sarah connor shows up i i mean i always just thought oh they've done a double image double shot like you would normally do when you were twinning somebody but and as she- you mentioned linda Hamilton has an actual twin and that's who they used mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah God rest her soul. She passed away last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which that's one of the only scenes in the entire movie that I have a problem with. Uh-huh. Okay. The T-1000 is torturing Sarah saying, call, call John.
0: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. He would just rip her heart out, emulate her. Yeah. And pretend to be Sarah. Exactly. Oh, and talking about, you know, the glitchy part after he has the liquid nitrogen thing, the way that they actually filmed that scene is they got an amputee actor to walk that part and have the limbs fall off oh, cool. and then kind of merged it with Robert Patrick. It, it's really an amazing bit of uh, editing again that they, that they did at the
1: end of the movie when the T eight hundred and T 1000 fight. Yeah. There's a scene where Robert Patrick's character has to, Use a pole to hit that terminator, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they had a false arm and he was supposed to hit the certain spot and he did it. And Robert's like, crap, I missed the mark and I whacked him right in. And he said, <laughs> Arnold didn't cry out. He didn't do anything. And when they said cut, Arnold said, Robert. That was my real arm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) One other scene that was filmed but didn't make it to the final movie was this alternate ending where Sarah is a grandmother. She's at that same park that gets blown up by the nuclear
0: blast. And John is a senator. Can't have that. Got to have the sequels that sucked. Okay. Let's talk real quick about special effects. Okay. We mentioned Stan Winston in our aliens versus alien podcast from before. Right, right. Right. So what's interesting is Stan Winston's first really big movie as a special effects guy was Terminator, right? He had done some other prosthetic stuff. Like if you've ever seen little big man with Dustin Hoffman, there's a part where he's really, yeah, old. yeah. that was Stan Winston who did that. Right. Okay. So when Terminator got greenlit, James Cameron wanted Dick Smith to come in and do the special effects. And Dick Smith was like, thank you, but no, you should hire Mr. Stan Winston. And so Terminator was Stan Winston's first really big special effects movie. And then he, of course, comes back for Terminator 2, right? And in addition to all the prosthetics that he got to do, with this one he also has that nuclear apocalypse scene where she's dreaming and the you know she's seeing herself on the playground with little john and she's trying to save everybody screaming from the fence and then the nuclear holocaust and they like made miniatures they used shredded wheat and all this other stuff to make it and it was like when i saw it i was like i feel like they took real footage from like back in the mid 20th century and used but no this was stuff that they all just created themselves. And then they had the, the people burn like paper and Stan Winston says of all of the special effects he's done in all of the horror movies that he's been a part of that scene was the most unsettling to him. That's really good. Okay. We're ready to talk soundtrack. Let's talk soundtrack. Okay. Both scores are iconic, right? Okay. Yes. No question. Right. And a major part of the movie. Yes, for sure. But once again, with the terminator you have a composer that had never done a movie before wow right so we've talked about this guy before we talked about him on fright night right he's the guy who did the soundtrack for fright night but fright night was after terminator
1: yeah it was and he's the one who did come to me
0: yes yes yes, your story about the hey uh yeah is is this brad fidel Uh, yes (laughs) um you know that song come to me yeah um You have a longer version, right? (laughs) My boyfriend and I really love that song. (laughs) Oh, just uh, have to play it over again. (laughs) That's such a great story. So Brad Fidel, right? We've got strong synthesizer music. Brad Fidel was... Actually, this lady named Beth Donahue. She was an agent and she heard that James Cameron was working on Terminator. And so she sends him a cassette tape of Fidel's music. And Cameron and Heard were both just kind of meh on it. Meh. Yeah. And he says, Brad Fidel says, I showed them an experimental piece that I had been working on, and I said, well, "You know what? I'm going to play this for him because it's really dark, and I think it's interesting for him." And it was that dark experimental piece that got him the part of composer for this movie. I think they even take it up a notch in Terminator Two.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You have the you have more strings, you have more power, but uh, he has that hammer. Sound Right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. And it's really prominent. But that hammer was him banging his cast iron skillet. (laughs) He's like, people thought it was this big anvil or some orchestral instrument. He's like, it was my one that I actually cook in. I was (laughs) banging it just
0: bang. All right. So Terminator is finished. They release it. Yes. It is. Does pretty well on its opening weekend, makes $4 million, I believe, which is, I mean, that's three quarters of the budget. So that's not bad. But then Orion pulls the marketing budget. James Cameron and Gail Hurd are like, What the crap? What are you doing? We just don't, we think this is a word of mouth kind of movie. They're like, Guys, it's blowing it up in the theater. Why would you do this? And they're just, they're just like, well, we just don't feel like it's worth the money. They're like, It's $5,000 for a full page ad in Variety magazine. It will make us millions because you just do it. And they don't. Yeah. It's insane. And so it doesn't do as well as it potentially could have. right? Right. But it still becomes a cult classic. Like the fans. Absolutely. Swarm it. Word of mouth actually works out. It was number one at the box office for two weeks. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is
1: October Terminator one was released October 26th of 1984. So okay. it's kind of in that gap before Thanksgiving, you Everybody's
0: know. Everybody's watching Mary Lou Retton on the Olympics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. So it was number one for two weeks. Yeah. It was knocked out by Oh God, you devil. Wow. <laughs> wow. How about that? All right. So reception for Terminator Two. A little different.
0: Yeah. Well, let's say for Terminator One. It was at least good enough to get him the director job for Aliens. Right? Yes.
1: And it was a hit. Oh, yeah. I mean, and number one at the box office, that's a hit.
0: Yeah. And Aliens gets nominated for several Oscars, but Terminator got nominated for nothing. Right. Right. Now, Terminator 2 gets released and it gets nominated. It is the only movie in the 20th century where the sequel got nominated for Oscars where the original didn't. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there have only been a couple more since then. It was Born Ultimatum and... Mad Max, Fury, like Fury Road, Road. Yeah. those got nominated, but it's the only one from the 20th century that that happened with.
1: Very interesting. This was the highest grossing movie of 1991. It was the first film to break the US $300 million mark. You know,
0: I would say it was the pinnacle of his movie career. I would say that T2 was the pinnacle. He's made a couple of good movies since then, but they weren't as good. No, this is the pinnacle. Right. And he was the star of the day. Like from 82, when Conan came out, he is rising star, getting more and more famous, more and more money, or better and better pictures. And then T2 happens. And then we get True Lies, which was okay. And some other stuff that just wasn't that great. Last Action Hero, which, uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Last Action Hero is terrible. (laughs) True Lies is great. I'm going to defend True Lies, but- Adjusted for inflation, this is the highest grossing R rated movie of all time. Okay. So it was a huge success. (laughs) Right. Right? Despite its $100 million budget, Mm -hmm. it made over $500 million. Massive, massive hit. Wow. Final judgment. It's Judgment Day,
0: D. Okay. Where are you? There is no question in this scenario. There's just no question. And I'm sorry. I I did flip-flop on Alien Aliens. I I started off loving Aliens more and then landed on Alien 3. But when you compare Terminator, which is a great movie on a $6 million budget, with Terminator 2, which is a great movie on a $100 million budget, there can be no comparison. It is far and away a better movie it is better acted better produced better soundtrack storyline is better i love that they took the guy that was the villain and made him the hero and nobody knew until they walked into the theater that day none of the previews gave it away you walked in i mean you think about that when you're watching t2 and you're seeing everything that's going on you would be fooled you would be thinking wait a minute the, the skinny guy the little skinny guy is, is he's a cop he's the, cop. He's the good guy he's going to help and arnold the previous terminator he's about to get him he's about to get john connor and he does and wait a minute he's saving him he's not killing him he's saving him that is the plot twist from the first movie in the first 30 minutes of the second movie loved it t2 wins the day no question
1: spiking the football. spiking the football <laughs> all right that's interesting here's where i come down terminator like Alien, Mm -hmm. is one of the most effective horror movies of all time. You have an unkillable killing machine, a nightmare that is stalking you. I love the Kyle Reese character. I love how you think you've killed it and it resurrects from the pile and you have that cool stop-motion robot Who's coming after you? But like you said, the effects of T2, way better. The acting is more intense. There's more Terminators. There's more guns. Everything about T2 is up a notch. Now, does that make it a better movie? Yes. In this case, <laughs> the answer is yes, it does. Resounding T2 goes. is better than T1. Yeah. I love Terminator 1. I love Terminator 2 more. Plus, you throw in the Guns and Roses thing. The coolness factor was through the roof. That summer of 91,
0: this was the movie. Keep in mind, 1991, that fall, that is when Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 comes
1: out. This was our sneak peek at Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Yep. I'm spiking the football. Terminator 2, better movie. Here's what our friends from a film by had to say about T1 and T2.
0: Hey, D and Jason, this is Jeff Johnson. And this is Brad Cozo. And we're from the A Film By podcast. We were excited to hear about your
1: Terminator versus Terminator 2 episode, and uh, we wanted a chance to weigh in. Brad, what do you think? Two great movies directed by a great director, but when it comes down to it, one film is a timeless science fiction, raw masterpiece, and the other one is a really good Hollywood blockbuster. There's just... Something about that first film that makes it feel so raw and angry. I mean, it's First Blood, Mad Max, Halloween, Escape from New York, like all in one in this Orwellian dystopian nightmare. Both films are so good, but I got to go Terminator, the original. How about you, Jeff? Brad, my CPU has a neural net processor. It's a learning computer. And I have learned over the years that no amount of CGI, big explosions, or Guns N' Roses can beat out a great story. It's the love story that's hidden in all this sci fi and horror and action that is mm-hmm. the Terminator. At the end of the day, a soldier went after the girl and he completed his mission. So I love Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I, I've always loved it. I will still love it, but it's got to be the Terminator. Ah, I didn't know if you would go with that one. Curious to see what D and Jason are going to say, though.
0: Well, let's find out. Uh Listen, guys, uh, we appreciate uh letting us chime in and yeah. we look forward to hearing what you say. Thanks. OK, well, there you go. Wow, that's awesome, guys. Hey, if you haven't checked out a film by podcast, be sure and go over there. Subscribe to those guys. They take movies, by directors that aren't their most famous movie, but maybe their highest quality movie. And they do such a fantastic job with them. Every time I listen to their episode, I'm adding movies to my queue. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks guys. A film by podcast. And on that note, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't already hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, come and be an executive producer on our Patreon page. Before we wrap this up, I've got one more question for
1: you. Rank alien, aliens, Terminator,
0: T2. Yeah. So this is yeah, the, this, this is, this is final judgment for podcasts. Okay. Ready? Yep. Alien, aliens, T2, Terminator.
1: Whoa. Really? Yep. All right. Here's how I'm ranking these four movies. Okay. Number one, aliens. Okay. Number two, Terminator 2. Okay. Number three, Terminator. Right. And number four, Alien. Wow yeah a distant fourth or distant fourth distant fourth
0: i'm gonna call up ruthie
1: scott and tell on you (laughs) somebody fire up guns N' roses we are out of here terminator one terminator two